Welcome to At The Flicks. This is a very different end-of-month show. As regular listeners know, this would normally be dedicated to reviews. But this month, we're doing something different. You could say it's At The Flicks Public Service Broadcasting. <laughs> as lockdown continues and people start to run out of things to do, and to be honest, and we have Neil as an example, get a little <laughs> cabin fever, we have decided to bring out the big guns. Our film and TV experts, Emma and Declan, respectively, are here to give suggestions on what to watch and what to avoid in the lockdown weeks ahead. Yes, the At The Flicks gurus have spoken, and I think you will agree, they speak words of wisdom. So let's talk movies first as we go to Emma, who tells us what she's been watching at home. Be warned, listeners, there is at least one shark title coming up. Oh, and you might have noticed our new and exclusive theme music playing as I've been talking. Thank you very much, Dean. Hi, it's time to welcome back to the show the always informative and wonderfully entertaining Emma. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Great. Now, the last time we spoke, you give us your cinema recommendation, and then they promptly shut down cinemas. Was that a coincidence? (laughs) Well... (laughs) I'm not saying that my choices were bad, but, you know, I can't help but wonder. (laughs) So this time, you're going to tell us your choices for what people should be watching during lockdown. And if that same principle applies, (laughs) we'll be allowed out very shortly. Yes. No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, we're counting on you, Emma. No, no, before we start, we follow you on Twitter, and I've got to ask. Oh, is this choice going to include the wonderfully titled Bermuda Tentacles? <laughs> now, so when I was writing down my list of films, I've got like three sections. So there are the ones that I want to talk about, the ones that I was like, oh, I might just tell you I've watched them. And then there's the list of warnings of things not to watch. And it has made that list. Right, okay. <laughs> One of did, three did... films that I would say don't have a touch of the barge pole. <laughs> Do, do you think the clue oh, social distancing? The... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, we can invent that film social distancing. Say, um, yeah, don't touch this with a barge pole. pole. Yeah, because they're two meters. Um, <laughs> so, didn't the title put you off? Oh, I like a creature feature, and you know, disaster film creature. Fi- it had everything I should love, and. Oh, my word. <laughs> okay. So what really is on the list then? What would you recommend to people going stir-crazy in lockdown? What should they watch? As always, I've gone for a little bit of everything, so I should be able to give someone something to watch at least. So I started with good old-fashioned comedy horror, What We Do in the Shadows. which I have never seen before and it was one of the things I was like it's on my watch list I need to get round to it finally decided to check it out I watched it twice because I don't know why I've never seen it before it was just so funny just Taika Waititi as a vampire was just peak vampire for me (laughs) it just really cheered me up it was absolutely ridiculous and I loved it (laughs) Funny, I only saw it uh, for the first time at the back end of last year. I really enjoyed it as well. I just love that it takes every vampire trope and messes (laughs) with it. They want to go into the club, but the bouncers have to invite them in. That's my favourite bit, all standing outside the uh, Wellington. Wellington, is it? Wellington pub. and uh, No, you have to invite us in. You watch this, Neil. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's a horror it. film. I watched it straight no, after Rag- not, straight not after Ragnarok when I wondered who what Taika Waititi was and <laughs> and watched that one. Someone recommended to watch the series as well, but I haven't seen that, so mm. I'm sure that will be on my list in the coming coming weeks. The BBC had showed it, didn't they? So I wonder if it's still on iPlayer or not. Yeah, I think it. I think it is. I did have a check around for. Oh. Oh, I will things. have to do that. So. Well, I think I think the um, the really good one is Hunt for the World of People. If you've seen yeah. that one, that is absolutely outstanding. After, after watching this, I did go and I actually bought that one, so that is all queued up in my Prime watch list now. So yeah. it's not far away. <laughs> yeah, I'll be off watching the series. So that's the first one on my tick list to watch. Thank you, Emma. I'm glad that's one everyone appreciates. So that yeah. was mm, that was a good definitely. start. The next one, more horror, although still not quite serious horror. I watched Odd Thomas. It's actually on Prime at the moment and based on a book by Dean Koontz. I loved the book when I read it. I mean, this is years and years ago. I think it probably benefits from the fact I haven't read it recently. It's probably an average film, but I found it very entertaining. And I'm sure if I could remember the book, it might not be so good for me. Yeah, it's really, really fun. It's starring Anton Yelchin, who plays a clairvoyant cook in out in a small town, and he basically can see dark forces and and the dead, and they warn him about like bad people and events that are going to happen, and he basically finds out that there's this big event going to happen in town, and it's it's him trying to stop it and save the town from whatever's coming it sounds like a bit of a spin on sixth sense um i wouldn't have said so okay i mean it's same ideas around it but it's very it's quite funny uh, but again it's i mean it says it's a horror but it's probably more more fantasy side than horror and it's Stephen summer's director yep Uh, i think he adapted the screenplay as well from the book willem defoe's in it (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's good. Oh, no, that's so, definitely on my list. That, I mean, I think Summer's a great director. Before he did the Mummy films, he did a creature feature of his own, didn't he? Uh, I'm just trying to look back. I'm cheating. I'm looking. Deep Rising. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love that film. Yeah. yeah I might have film. To, I'm sitting right next to my DVD collection. I might have to pull that off the shelf. <laughs> See, we're helping you. You help us, we help you. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, that Odd Thomas is definitely on my list. That sounds really good. It's something daft that I think, like, I kept sitting down to try and watch what I'll call proper films, and my brain just wasn't in it. I was like, I need something lighthearted just to get me into the mood of watching films, because after so long of not going to the cinema and being able to sit without distraction, it's been quite challenging getting back into watching films. Did, do you have your own set seat in the cinema when you go? Oh, Is yeah, absolutely. Particular... Oh, who, who doesn't? Oh, God. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can't nope. bear it when someone goes and books my seat. It's just appalling. <laughs> so where where have you hidden all those bodies then? <laughs> uh, you see, I'm very I'm very quick off the mark, so I always I'm usually the first person to book a cinema ticket for a showing. <laughs> okay. So it's not usually an issue. <laughs> right. Okay. Next on the list then. Okay. So this is where it dips a bit, and we go into trash. As an example, <laughs> if you look it up on IMDb, it's got a rating of 
<laughs> um, wow. And this is because I thought, oh, you know, it's me. I've got to have a shark film in there. <laughs> oh, no. So, so I planned two shark films. And the first one was Mega Shark versus Colossus. <laughs> um, it's really it's so bad. <laughs> and it is so bad that it is just really entertaining. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like looking at the description of it on IMDb. I didn't even know it had this plot line to it. I mean, yeah, in search of a new energy source, they accidentally awaken the Colossus, which is a giant robot doomsday machine. But at the same time, there's, there's a shark. I just don't know. So I just right. typed in Mega Shark Versus, and mm-hmm. God knows how many titles have just come oh. up in front of me. Honestly, you could you could be watching them for months. It's it's a fantastic <laughs> subgenre of shark film. <laughs> oh my God! Honestly, the Russians is... accidentally resurrect a deadly giant robot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Accidentally. And resurrect a robot. As it, you do. I mean, I often find myself doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's part of everyday life, isn't it? it? Is, there's probably a drinking game out for it, I would imagine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, one of those like house party film get-togethers, you'd probably have quite good fun with it. But it was uh, like right near the beginning, so you see them awaken the Colossus, and it has some subtitles because they're in Russia. I was like reading subtitles and something was just really throwing me off. And the people on the screen are speaking English. They've just got accents. But whoever's done the film thought, oh, people won't be able to understand that. And so they have added subtitles. And I was like, oh, this is this is already going so well. <laughs> and it's, it's just madness. There's just so many amazing, ridiculous things in it. But like if you just need to yell at something... It is well worth putting on your screen to watch. <laughs> so it's got Elena Douglas in it, who started her career with Goodfellas, Guilty by Suspicion, Cape Fear, Alive, <laughs> Quiz Show, and now <laughs> Mega Shark versus yeah. Colossus. I mean, the, the peak of her career. Yeah, yeah. Where did it all so, go wrong for her there? So. <laughs> That's on Prime if you want to watch it. You know, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that come up on the sci-fi channel all the time, isn't it, really? Indeed. And I have several of those films also recorded that I decided not to watch for this podcast. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we we Thanks, appreciate uh, your sacrifice. You. <laughs> um, so the oh, robot has some sort of Terminator design to it, does it? Yeah, it's just a giant Terminator-looking thing. That just is very easily distracted. So they like wave a, <laughs> wave a helicopter near and it's like, oh, well, go in that direction instead. <laughs> it's just amazing. Right. So it's, it's like a kitten, really. Oh, look over there. Oh, no, no, look over there. Exactly. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, honestly, the best, the best part of it is when Mega Shark and Colossus fight. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know why the two things are in the film together, but that is well worth it. <laughs> So one's land-based, the other's in the middle of the sea, but they managed to fight. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Come on, Graham. Get the the one you're getting is Graham. 
<laughs> I was trying to apply logic there. What a no, silly no, move. No, that is your mistake. If it's okay. got the word shark in the title, you do not use the word logic in conjunction with it. Um, right. Uh, and we're going to ask the daftest question of all. What's a sure. mega shark? Uh, Big one. Well done, Neil. Well done. See, someone understands. I, I yeah. knew I shouldn't have. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's move on. I can't <laughs> wait to see what's next. Okay, oh. so... As I say, I watched two shark films. So the next one I had not been looking forward to, and I actually quite enjoyed it in the end, and that was 47 Metres Down Uncaged. That's obviously the sequel. I don't know why I'd never watched 47 Metres Down. And when the second one came out on DVD, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to buy that DVD, and I'm going to watch the first film. And I watched the first film, and then put the DVD back in my bag with the idea of taking it back for a refund. (laughs) I hated hated the first one so much that I was like, I just did not want to watch the second one. And yeah, so when I was like looking for shark films to watch, I was like, oh, fine. It's now on Netflix as well. So I was like, fine, I'll, I'll watch this DVD then. Let's see how bad it is. And actually it is much better than the first one because in my opinion, the first one can't be considered a shark film because there's just not enough shark. And this one has sharks in abundance and almost has a storyline. So, right. so uh, this one is a group of girls. They decide to bunk off a, a trip that they're supposed to be going on and go to like an underwater city that one of the girls' fathers has uncovered. So, of course, they go down there not telling anyone where they've gone, not thinking about safety. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. And (laughs) whilst they're down there exploring, they find that when the people have been uncovering parts of the tomb, it sort of let sharks in. So, yeah, they obviously get trapped and then it's it's them trying to escape. And it's actually, it isn't that bad. (laughs) I did quite enjoy it and it's, it's certainly passed the time without me wanting to throw stuff at the screen, like with the previous one. <laughs> and, and I see Stallone's daughters in it. I didn't look at all of the cast, but like, there were a lot of names that I thought, oh, are they related to someone else? I'm sure there were a couple that popped up, but I can't say there was anyone I actually recognised in it. It wasn't bad as shark films go, because they added so many in, probably to make up for the first one. I was yeah. I was much more engaged with it, waiting for them to get chomped on. And is there a high death count in it? There's a handful. Don't want to spoil it, you know. Okay, no, no, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, <all> right. <laughs> Unfortunately, no robots in this one. So, oh, and, I, and if you want, and if you want to see it, it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. I probably wouldn't pay the extortionate seven pounds I did for the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, no, that was um, certainly amusing. Okay, <laughs> and I, I promise, no more shark films now. No, no, I'm just wondering was... if you got a film that's suitable for Neil because It's all too scary for him so far. <laughs> okay, or well, shall I? I'll, I'll switch it up and go to something a little bit more intellectual on my list, shall I? Oh, you've lost him again. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> obviously, lots of lots of streaming services have been like doing offers, and you can get extra months and stuff for free so newbie were doing three months free 
and I'd never ever heard of it before. So I thought I'd, I'd try subscribing to that. They do a different film comes up every day and it's on there for like a month and then they just swap it out for something. It's a lot of older films and foreign language. So the first one I watched on there, probably going to pronounce it wrong, is Baccarau, which is, I think it's a Brazilian film. It's basically about this small village and uh, in the wake of uh, the death of their, their matriarch, strange events start happening. And uh, it's all about how they're dealing with that and, and what it actually is. I had been expecting something supernatural, but actually when you watch it, it's very similar, although better than like the hunt premise. It's basically this small village out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and they discover that they're, they've, they've basically been wiped off the map. They're, they're teaching the kids and they can't find themselves online on the, the world map. and uh, and then more strange things start happening and people start disappearing and a group of people coming to get them. And it's so it's like the story of how they come together as a community to to try and get through that. And it's it was very interesting to watch. As I say, it wasn't what I was expecting at all, but um, lots of people have been raving about it. So when that, that popped up, I was quite keen to, to see it. Oh, okay. uh, is it what... subtitled? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, Neil's here then. <laughs> And where did you see that again? What was that sort of so cable it's, network? Uh, it's called uh, Mubi. It's M-U-B-I. It's, uh, ah, you can get that app you. and stuff. I don't know if it's something to do with Curzon, is it? Right, like You okay. can rent things through there as well, but they do uh, like 30 free films that you can watch, and then after 30 days, one drops off and a new one appears. So there's something new every day to pick up on there. That was one of the first ones I watched on there. And then the one that came on on Friday, I had been very keen to see because I was supposed to be going to a showing of it just after we went into lockdown. And that was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, oh yes. Oh, so yes. I, like everyone raved about this. And I was so mm. annoyed that I didn't see it when I had the chance uh, last year. That came on onto Mubi. So I watched that and it was absolutely amazing. I mean, it's... Yeah, the story of a girl who's being married off, but obviously in the time it's set, they would do a portrait and send it to the prospective husband who would then, you know, decide if he wanted to marry her kind of thing. So it's about a painter who goes to paint the portrait of this woman and uh, it's about the the friendship and that they build up whilst they're out on this island she's there to be her companion and it's really it's a really beautiful film starts off quite slow and I wasn't really sure whether I was enjoying it or not but by the time you get to the end you're so involved in it and I was just bawling my eyes out by the end of the film I was a wreck it was amazing (laughs) it's a gorgeous looking film from the stills I've seen Mm. Darren reviewed it in our end of month show and he said he was bawling his eyes out at the end of it as well. I think he said it was something to do with cinema dust. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. I've been doing a lot of cleaning. There's a lot of dust in there. It must have been that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so but, that um, sounds highly recommended then. Yeah, so those were two uh, slightly more intellectual films on my list for you there. I'm hoping there's going to be some more pop-up on movie that I can watch because I'm quite enjoying Something a bit different, like you don't yeah. often see stuff like that appear on, yeah, you know, your regular 
streaming services and certainly it's not something I would usually pick up on DVD. It makes a nice change to see something a bit unusual. It's not a film either you'd have been able to see in the local cine world, I would have thought. I think it was at the London Film Festival. and I'm fairly yeah. certain I turned my nose up at it in favour of something else, which I really wish I hadn't. Did was... they have shark films in the London Film Festival? No, it's just, no, they really should. I might have to send them a strongly worded letter. Absolutely, a subcategory. <laughs> But um, um, I was I had bought myself a ticket to go and see this as part of the Stroud Film Festival. Okay. Because um, they yep. were showing it at, at one of the cinemas. Yeah, uh, the, the one in Wooden Under Edge. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, so I was really looking forward to that. And then I was like, as the date got closer and things started changing, I was like, I'm never going to get to see this film. <laughs> but um, luckily, I have now. So that's all good. But no, it certainly, it didn't pop up like in any big way in any of my local cinemas. Ooh, what to do now? Uh, I'm going to have a little Disney Plus fest for a oh, moment because wow. obviously that that went live in the UK. So, of course, I subscribed because who doesn't need more things to watch? So I've been watching like a fair range of things on their TV films and stuff, but I, I did watch some new things that I had not seen before. And the first one which I was curious about because I have a general dislike for live action Disney films was Lady and the Tramp. Wow. And (laughs) it actually wasn't that bad. (laughs) It's probably my favourite live action one I've seen. Obviously not as good as the original, but it does do quite well. They have obviously tweaked some things to make it appropriate. So they've, the Siamese cats are no longer Siamese and their song has changed. Right, um, um, I, I, I've lost it. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but we they are, are still very entertaining, <laughs> which was a plus. It is really beautifully done. And like the, the scene where they're out behind the restaurant, obviously having that, that spaghetti and meatball dinner is adorable. It wasn't as bad. As, as I say, it's probably my favourite one out of all of their recent rehashes. But I still, like, part of me does wonder why if they're going to do a remake they don't make them modern because it is still a period a period recreation yeah and i think they they probably could be doing all of these things in a a modern day setting and make it slightly different and worthwhile remaking them but it's certainly certainly a good adaptation to to watch if you don't fancy the the older animated version I know this is a fairly moot point at the moment, but because uh, all cinemas are closed. But do you think, considering the amount of money these remakes have been doing for Disney, it was a bad move to put it on there, and they could have made a ton of money out of it in the cinema, or was it not up to that? Well, I part of me does wonder why it did just go like it was a Disney Plus thing and not a, a cinema release. Considering, like you say, you know they have all been out and doing wonders for their their money-making schemes. It probably isn't as big as the, the other ones they did, uh, so I can kind of understand it, and it, it doesn't feel quite as glossy, perhaps, as, as like Aladdin and Dumbo, but who knows? I <laughs> I, uh, I could see it like doing quite well. Everyone loves watching dogs on the big screens. So the next thing I watched on Disney Plus was another sort of adaptation which i didn't know about the little mermaid live 
which... Is that the musical? Yeah, so oh, right. I didn't realise they were doing a musical as well as Ooh. doing a remake. It's quite a fun family thing. Everyone's shut up together, at least they can have a good sing-song. It's a little strangely done because the songs are all people on stage doing it and then it cuts to the animated bits in between for the dialogue and then that's also cut with like small snippets of behind the scenes footage oh right which threw me a little bit but you know once you get into the swing of a song you you just forget all of that it's fine but it's got a a bit of an all-star cast so the girl playing ariel is actually the one who voiced moana so obviously her singing is great got queen latifah playing ursula who was amazing absolutely fantastic and then you've got shaggy playing (laughs) playing sebastian and that was just so surreal to see on the screen it it was nuts but absolutely (laughs) magnificent and then you've got john stamos stamos in there as well as the chef and so everyone is very entertaining so you know if you're inclined towards musicals that's probably quite a good good one to go and check out so the stage things they would they would film live were they obviously not where you're watching it now but yes it's really odd as well because you're watching it and you think oh little mermaid it's going to be lots of kids the audience that you could see is primarily adults, which struck me as odd. The only really dubious thing is that they have used Muppets for some of the, <laughs> the characters. So obviously Flounder, I mean, he's a really recognisable part of the, the animated film. And I, I don't know, I think I shared it on, on social media, but the Muppet that they made... Oh my, it's just what nightmares are made of. It's horrendous. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not cute and cuddly and puffy like he, he is in the film. <laughs> it looks like he's stayed up for about three days straight on some kind of drug fueled bender. Um, well, that's what happens when the little mermaid <laughs> left him and went on to land. His whole life fell to pieces. <laughs> but, um, it's definitely a good, fun family bit of entertainment to break up the, the monotony of being stuck inside. <laughs> I'm just looking at it now. Oh, right. Okay. So, right. So they put it out on TV on the 5th of November last year in the States. Just looking at it now. So they do this every year around Thanksgiving, put one of these things out there. I was over there once when they did The Sound of Music Live, which is as awful as it sounds. <laughs> um, now you said bits of it might be frightening. I think I, I would watch this. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm Um, intrigued. I'm intrigued too. Don't know why. Honestly, like, the Queen Latifah in it, amazing. That's what you need to watch it for. Okay. I then did watch something a little bit more sensible on Disney Plus, and I switched over to the National Geographic side, and I watched Free Solo. Oh, oh yeah, yes. fantastic. Um, yes. So this, again, like I missed it at the cinema. It was only showing at like the tiny little independence in town. So I, I decided to watch that. I'm actually quite glad I didn't get to see it at the cinema because 
it nearly set my vertigo off watching it on the telly. So on the big screen, I'd have just been in a heap on the floor. Uh, it was a, it was available in IMAX if you wanted oh, yeah. to get that a full have, experience. I absolutely, I would have been done within like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually quite glad that I didn't get to see it at the cinema. But it's really interesting, like you know, all the things like that anyway, and just watching like him as he's analysing going up the the side of El Capitan was I was just looking at it like he's just literally got his hand in between two bits of rock and that's him hanging on. I was like, this man's insane. Yes, yeah, he's fucking <laughs> mad. Absolutely. Was it you, Graham, that was saying he's definitely on the autistic spectrum? Oh, he's definitely on mm. the autistic spectrum. I mean, I think the most amazing part of the whole film is the fact that he's got a girlfriend. Because it see did seem that. a bit unbelievable, like when <laughs> when she finally came on the scene, like when he was saying about he didn't really have time for a girlfriend. I was like, well, I can understand that, and you know, climbing up all these ridiculous mountains without ropes, I can kind of see why. Maybe people wouldn't want to watch that every time you go out to, you know, climb a rock. Yeah, by the end of it, I was quite, like, gripped just the way, especially that the people around him who were helping him do it were reacting to Mm -hmm. him doing this. I mean, the guy filming that the time he actually did it, like not being able to look at him as he's going up those most difficult points, I was just really nerve-wracking to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt sorry for the cameraman. They had to be in that position for God knows how many hours. Right, and I couldn't believe as well that I know in my head that these things take a long time to climb, but the fact that he started climbing when it's pitch black. Yeah. yeah, And it's just got a kind of high-powered beam on him to, to point at the rocks. I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 Absolutely nuts. I, mean, I particularly liked... He goes and has was it a CT scan, mm. and like she's telling him that you know where normal people would feel fear at smaller things, it's just not lighting up. And I was like, mm, that explains a lot. <laughs> um, it's just, just wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember um, back in the mid seventies um, when I was at college in Bristol, uh, and I was in the climbing club there we used to climb down on the sea walls and under the uh, suspension bridge i remember them just the first ascent <laughs> of el capitan being done you know and it was just they were using you know they were drilling into the rock to put safety gadgets up here and now here we are you know 50 years later and somebody's just walked up it basically <laughs> you know with no no protection at all it's just unbelievable and some of the things he's doing just looking at it thinking he's done that a thousand times that move a thousand times just to get from there to there and he's not even you know a quarter of the way up it's just that sort of focus and repeat 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 and Mm. don't screw up and don't lose concentration i watched it half a dozen times i thought it was fantastic really really incredible just shows what humans can do Mm. it's just an amazing film and the photography is out of this world. Yeah. It's, but it was amazing. Like some of those shots, and they were zooming out from him climbing, mm. climbing up the side, and you get the sheer, like the perspective, and just looking at it, and you're like, I don't, I can't even work out in my head, like this scenario. It's just so mind blowing. Like, 
and especially when he like is halfway up and you're just looking at it, you're like oh what if you just decided there that you don't want to do it i mean you, you still have to climb yeah halfway <laughs> it's just <laughs> insane <laughs> Total Madness. Great film. Where, where can people find that again, Emma? Uh, so that's on Disney Plus in the National Geographic collection. Okay. What else is on your list? I switched back to uh, to my Blu-ray collection for another creature feature. This is classic creature feature this time, and it was partly because I'm looking forward to the, I mean, we'll call it a remake with some air quotes. I watched King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh. Ah, uh, it's okay. amazing i really wish they'd just remake it as it is now <laughs> made in 1962 and it's absolutely glorious i just love it because they decided that i think a couple of the films that have come before it were quite not dark but they were a little bit sinister and they evidently wanted it to be more family friendly so they gave king kong a humorous side and uh, <laughs> he's just got so much sass throughout the whole film. It's amazing. Does it have a winner? Not that I'm asking who it is. I don't want to spoil the for anybody who's sort of watch this. Spoil the <laughs> yeah. excitement. I think yeah, it's, uh, I think they they kind of kind of make it look like King Kong won, but you know these things they always come back. So kind of a draw. It's just so entertaining. Partly because at one point Godzilla sets fire to something right near King Kong and his he gets singed. And there's just a look that says, what the hell did you just do to me? <laughs> and I just, it's just brilliant. So absolutely amazing. <laughs> so which year is this? Is this is the 60s one, is it? 60, so yeah, this is the 1962 wow. version. <laughs> and it's, but it's all absolutely daft and ridiculous which obviously I love anyway, yeah. but like looking at it, like they do so many of the scenes with like uh, little model villages and controlled cars and stuff. And the, <laughs> the amount of work that has gone into all this stuff that's just going to get destroyed by two guys in plastic suit is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, oh, I've got to watch it now. Got to watch there's, it. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's part where, King Kong is fighting a giant octopus. They actually, they used real live octopi. Um, and to make them move, um, I think I read that they, they like used hair dryers or like blew hot air at them to make them wriggle around so that they could film that and then do all their trickery that they did back in the day to get it to look like it was King Kong fighting this octopus. And then... Obviously, at one point, they then have to have them in the same scene together. So they've created an octopus that looks like something covered in cling film that they just threw at the guy <laughs> from off screen. And it's it's just amazing. Uh, and I do, like, I really love all the the old original monster movies anyway. And this is, but I think this is probably one of my favourites. Sounds to me, it like leaves Studio Ghibli standing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to redo it later in the year, aren't they? Well, it was meant uh, to allegedly, come out. allegedly, well, Graham. So it's, what is yeah. it? It's Godzilla versus Kong or something. Yeah. They've called it. 
I mean, I I do enjoy the new ones, but I mean, they don't they don't hold up to the classic comedy of the originals. No, and no, uh, no. everything might get shoved back at a moment because the summer season's now becoming the winter season. Yeah, and mm. uh, we'll have this confusion for a little while. See, the new King Kong though, uh, uh, Kong Skull Island, I thought was brilliant. I really enjoyed. I thought that, that. was a great. I, I did enjoy that, but then I would. <laughs> so that doesn't say anything for its quality. <laughs> Okay, so that's out on DVD and Blu-ray for anybody who wants to track it down. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's hope watching it doesn't spoil the ending of the new one. Uh, I can't I can't see that the new one's going to be as entertaining as that, so it's already ruined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Any, anything else on the list? Two more things that I, I watched. One much more sensible, another not so much. It's another one that's based on a book, which I absolutely loved, and that's Bel Canto. came out a couple of years ago. I did not see it released anywhere. Couldn't find it available on DVD or anything in the UK to buy, but it did pop up on, uh, like, to buy digitally, and you can watch it on Now TV as well. And that stars Julianne Moore, and she plays uh, an opera singer who is hired for a special private event. And during this event, they are sieged and everyone is taken hostage. And it's the story about how things develop within the building and uh, between the hostage takers and and everyone that they've kept inside. Uh, So it's based on the the book by Anne Patchett. And again, this is a very slow build. But by the end, I, I was a complete wreck again. It's it's just so well done. You see lots of different relationships, friendships developing between the two sides inside the building. And it's just how they, they get through it all and, and come out the other side. And it's quite an emotional one by the end of it. Like you, you really do get to feel like the, the connections that they're making. Just checking it out now. I mean, it's interesting because the director, Paul Weitz, made that Cirque de Freak film, The Vampire's Assistant. He's done, I mean, did the original American Pie as well, looking down his credits here. But that Vampire's Assistant, I thought, was such an underrated film. I really enjoyed it. It just never got anywhere. He also directed Little Focus, so we can't hold everything against him. <laughs> God, no. But this sounds, again, yeah, this sounds definitely a film I'd Sounds I'd a bit watch. like Hotel Mumbai, doesn't it? It's certainly got, yeah, similarities between that, although obviously not quite the, uh, like they're obviously mainly fighting between, like, the, the attackers and and the hostages. But, yeah, it's um, it's very good. And there's, like, a lot of, good acting in there the only thing that was a little bit of a drawback for me was that obviously julianne moore is not an opera singer so they trained her to lip sync to the opera music and while she does an amazing job the scenes where you see her singing are a little off-putting because in my brain even before i looked it up to discover that that's what they'd done i kind of i was like well i know she can't be singing this. Mm. You could tell she wasn't singing it, and it was a little off-putting. But um, the woman who actually does the singing, whose name I can't for life of me remember, I mean, she's in, she's incredible, and it was like amazing to to listen to. 
So how did you track this one down, Emma? I read the book. Again, this is like years and years ago. Absolutely loved it. And I just happened to, sometime last year, like spot it. It came up in just a list of probably films based on books that I was looking up, something like that. And I just, I saw it and I was like, how have I, have I missed the fact that they made this film? And considering it's like, it's got some quite big actors in it, I was surprised that I hadn't spotted it as being released anywhere. It's been one that I've been keeping my eye out for and obviously having the time now to watch things, I I just decided to buy a copy when I saw that it was available. I think I bought it off Prime. Well worth a, a watch. If you want to be in people's good books, then my last film, I mean, this is peak, this one. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I had been debating this. So obviously a lot of the films that came out in the cinema just as we went into lockdown, have now gone into this home premiere thing. And yeah. I considered watching stuff, but for me, fifteen ninety nine to see a film is, uh, you know, if I'm not getting a copy, then I just wasn't really feeling the idea of paying that much to just watch it for like two days. But I caved and uh, I decided stupidly to pay 15.99 to see trolls world tour <laughs> <laughs> now I, I told you in the I, i'm sure this came up in the last one that i, I yep. was looking forward to this one so yes i thought you know what i'm gonna watch it specifically for this <laughs> um, it's a good job you were at home and nobody was watching and you didn't yeah. tell anybody yeah. oh hang on a minute low, you're that low cracking sound that's credibility going um, <laughs> Uh, come on like, you lot are a bunch of miseries this was good fun oh, and, and, and we take pride in being a bunch of miseries have you not yeah. been following our, our fa- have you seen our Facebook page I, I've the, been avoiding we'll, a lot of social media oh no no we just do the days in captivity ah oh god our old friend of ours who we used to work with Graham yeah. Hills I think he's got Photoshop. And he's managed to Photoshop us into a huge number of posters. <laughs> so the the one with uh, Graham in Braveheart is hilarious. <laughs> it's worth looking on just for that. Oh, that'd yeah. be my, some of my afternoon entertainment then. Oh, <laughs> if that doesn't send you over the edge, nothing <laughs> yeah. Have you guys thought about doing some TikTok videos? You know, I can I can see you like being uh, being God, good at that. Man. No, nope. uh, <laughs> no, they're funny enough. No, we haven't. But, but no, each one is. I've got the hat on from uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, the lobby boy hat. Yeah. So today's is day twenty-four captivity, and I've got the Monuments Men T-shirt on, and it says the Monuments Men: the true story of a group of older men who risk life and limb in a time of national crisis to ensure cultures available for the world. <laughs> that, could, that could easily apply to the at the flicks team. <laughs> That was today's. Yeah, yesterday's. Yeah, I'm amazed you didn't complain about yesterday's. No, I, I, I thought it was coming. But so which one? Um, who? That was the one where I hadn't got hold of Neil for a while. And yeah. just see what it says. <laughs> gone yeah. full Papillon. Yeah, he'd gone full Papillon <laughs> while waiting for the Midnight Express. Um, <laughs> God. There's one where Jeff is so depressed he's decided to see if Amazon can sell him a poster of uh, Rita Hayworth. Then I'll keep that joke going all the way through because I'm going to do Raquel Welch next week. Oh, no, sorry, I'm going to do Marilyn Monroe next week. 
once this lockdown ends, the day before it's going to be the Raquel Welsh poster. So we've got, we'll have them all. But yeah, no, there's just loads. And then this chap, Graham Hills, who we all used to know, he's just been photoshopping us. I've been photoshopped on to Escape from Alcatraz. Great Escape with the motorbikes storming over into Switzerland. The one that really upset Neil is the Onward poster. It's a special Onward poster. You, you, you've got to see it, Emma. It's hilarious. Neil hates it. Uh, <laughs> It's really not funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll leave you discover all of that this afternoon. It'll give you, it'll cheer you up anyway. I think it'll make you laugh. Excellent. Well, I can't can't wait for that entertainment then. Where were we? we were, yeah, uh, you were you were trying, trying to distract about, me oh, yeah, from Trolls, Trolls World Trolls Tour. Trolls World Tour. So, is it any good? It is quite entertaining. However, what I would say is that I think it would have been better seeing it on a big screen because obviously it's so much spectacle and all the songs and the everything is happy and sparkly and glittery and whatnot that actually I think the big screen and the big sound system would have been a much better way to see it. So I still enjoyed watching it on the screen, but it's not quite as magnificent as it is like being immersed in it. I mean, Honestly, on the plus side, Sam Rockwell's on. in it. Sam Rockwell gives a voice. On you know the plus what? side, that's good. Yeah, I love Sam Rockwell, and I was watching through the credits, and I was like, that was Sam Rockwell? I honestly couldn't tell who half of the people were. I bet you could tell who James Corden was. That's the negative yeah. side. <laughs> I won't be hearing about all this hate on James Corden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Because have you have you guys been watching the um, National Theatre Live uh, streams on YouTube? No, I, I, I keep meaning to get to it because they've got one man, two governors on, haven't they? Yes. So yeah, yeah they, that was the first one they did, and obviously that's James Corden, and it is it was brilliant. I had so much fun watching it. Um, yeah. But they only stay up for a week, so I'm afraid. Oh, I've missed that. Yeah. Oh. Well, yes, yeah, so that'll be the James Corden of Peter Rabbit, Peter Rabbit 2. Um, well, we don't talk cats. about the Peter Rabbits. Let's just ignore that. <laughs> was it, Although, yes, the, wasn't he in that in Cats as well, that masterpiece of uh, modern cinema? I like Cats, actually. I was oh, the only one. It, wasn't, it wasn't as bad as everyone is harping on about. No. Once you got this thing that they're, that they're between this world and the next... And then it all sort of made a little bit more sense. But uh, my wife loved it. She thought it was brilliant. Trolls World Tour. Would you recommend people spend £15 on it? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> when when you can, like, either, like, paying the money to, to have a copy if you've got kids, because I'm sure that will be worth the money, or when it's streaming, it will be well worth it. But for a two-day, what's well, essentially a two-day rental for fifteen ninety nine. I don't think I could justify spending that money. If you need something lighthearted and amusing, it is entertaining. How does it compare to the first one, which, oddly, I haven't seen either? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's more entertaining in the fact that it's got different types of music in it. So it is something, at least it is slightly different in that way to the original one. So. I mean, it's just all sparkles and happiness. So 
I can understand yeah, why you might not want that. Yeah, I was going to say, we're all <laughs> miserable kids, so uh, no, that ain't going to work. Talk for yourself. Yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> I know you're all secretly going to go and, and rent it now and watch it. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm renting it now. <laughs> Where's my credit card? I'm, I'm going to get Graham Hills to face shop Neil as a troll in one of the upcoming pictures. So. Oh, no, please don't. <laughs> That's excellent. I like the sound of that one. <laughs> Did you watch the Smurf movies as well? Or did it just stop at Trolls? I I have seen at least one uh, Smurf movie, I believe. I don't remember hating it, so... (laughs) John Oliver's in those. Oh, yeah, he did some of the voices, didn't he? Yeah. Emma, I believe you've got some, some films that you're recommending that nobody watches. I do. So we obviously... We mentioned Bermuda Tentacles, which is, yeah, just, yeah. just no. That was one. I, I'm i fairly certain I did record that off the sci-fi channel or the horror channel, one of those. Certainly never watch that. It's just not worth it. The next one I would say is probably not worth it is a new, I think it was a new Netflix one, actually, and that's Love Wedding Repeat. So it sounded quite good because it's the wedding is happening and it's like all the different points of view of it. So it sounds like you're going to get like lots of points of view throughout the day kind of thing. And like either you're going to see the same situation from different people or, you know, it's going to be tied together quite well. And I watched it. I realized about three quarters of the way through, I hadn't really laughed at all. Oh God. And I was just like, oh, did I? I don't know if I enjoyed this. I mean, I sat there and I watched it and I didn't get distracted. So there must have been something about it that was intriguing to me. But I don't know whether that was me waiting for something to happen that I thought was going to happen. And it goes along as like a normal film. And then nearer the end, it says, what would have happened if everyone had sat in a different seat at the table? And that's you then get another spin on something all really quickly just in a bunch at the end and I got to the end and I was like well that's like however long of my life I'm not getting back it's not <laughs> like the acting is not good very little on-screen chemistry so I, I would avoid that one personally but okay people aren't absolutely hating it though so there must be something in there for some people I am just not one of those people the other one was uh, I paid money for this one i bought a dvd and that is nicholas cage film so that should say it all really (laughs) and that was primal which came out last year he's a uh, an animal hunter and uh in the very beginning of the film he pursues a terribly animated white jaguar manages to capture i don't know how because it nearly eats him and then he's shipping it somewhere and as he when he gets to the ship he discovers that there's a a military group who have got uh, an assassin that they are then transporting somewhere so obviously they're all stuck in this in this boat together well of course the the assassin escapes and then lets the animals out so you then have an hour and a half of just people running around a ship trying to hide from lunatic monkeys and a jaguar and an assassin uh, 
It's just no. <laughs> so much no. <laughs> Snakes on a plane at sea, right? Or, yeah. or Jumanji, the, the first Jumanji, when it all come down to... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is kind of like Jumanji inside a boat, in that there are animals running rampage everywhere. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, I can see some of the films that Nicolas Cage does, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I can I can see why he did this, you know. It's got something in it. I don't know what is in this film. It's just terrible. I bought a Nicolas Cage film on your recommendation, which I've yet to watch. Colour Out of Space, because it sounded oh, yeah. really good the way you described it when we did the London Film Festival. So <laughs> well, that one, I'm looking forward that's, to it. That's fine. That's that was quite a good one. That's yeah, but this there's just no <laughs> words to describe it really. It's just if I hadn't written the the name of the film down on this bit of paper. I would probably have forgotten about it by now. <laughs> Emma, some great recommendations there and some wonderful films to avoid, uh, <laughs> particularly some of the Nicolas Cage ones at the end. So just before we go, final last word, have you seen stills for the upcoming Dune film and what do you think? I have actually been avoiding looking at all things to do with Dune because I don't it's not I, much I would, to avoid, Emma. Well, I would kind of like to go in blind, so I've been trying to to actually avoid all the things that I can. I can't comment on that, I'm afraid, but I am looking okay. forward to it coming out. So have you not seen the David Lynch film, the version they did for TV? I, I um, have not seen anything previous. I'm... Just You're going to go in blind to Dune. I, <laughs> wow. It, it may be yeah. completely insane. <laughs> You're going to read the book? I I am going to stay away from everything until after oh, I've seen God. the new one and then go back and see and read okay. everything else. Well, That is my plan, I, hopefully. I, I am really, really impressed because it's not the easiest of texts. Okay. You say oh, impressed. Well. It's just basically laziness on my part. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got to the nub of the problem. Right. Okay. We'll definitely uh, want to catch up with you and get your first impressions of Dune, your exposure to anything Dune related, really. <laughs> I, shall, I shall make sure I, uh, I am paying attention then. How are you going to avoid the trailer? That is going to be tough. But as long as I sit in the cinema and just tune out a bit, I should be all right. I have the ability to, because I tend to write up reviews and things when I'm sitting waiting for a film to start, because I see so many trailers, like I just don't bother watching them. So I sit there and, and write through them usually. So at that point, I'm, I've usually tuned out enough that I just miss everything that's going on on the screen. So oh, excellent. fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, it's it's been great we'll have some more non-dune news as we go through the year so hopefully next time we get together emma it'll be recommending cinema films again fingers crossed Uh, (laughs) i'm hoping i haven't gone insane for the lack of cinema by then so uh, aren't we all we all (laughs) too late for neil i'm afraid uh right (laughs) right okay thank you very much thank you Thank you, Emma. There are some great choices there, and many of them sound fun. Let's face it, if there's one thing we could all do with at the moment, it's fun. So, that's the film sorted. What about TV? 
Let's bring in our other expert as Declan tells us what is worth binge watching out there. Over to Jeff Spunker for the latest. Hello from your At The Flinks team in the bunker. (laughs) We're still here sending messages around the world. And for this show, we have Declan joining us to talk about one of the most important things at the moment, because as Graham has said, you survive the apocalypse by sitting in front of your TV, and it's important you know what to watch. Deck, how are you doing? I'm very well, considering. Thank you. Staying at home, staying safe. Good. That's the best way. Graham, you okay there? Yeah, surviving. I turn up for work during the apocalypse. Yeah. We're keeping people entertained, or, <laughs> or, or not, as the case may be as I'm being mocked regularly on the Facebook page, but that's another story. Okay, so, Deck, this is really important. We need to get the message out to people. So what have you been watching, and what would you recommend? Uh, I've been watching lots of stuff, as you can imagine, because my uh, volume of um, watching stuff on streaming has gone up since, since I'm stuck at home. So a number of things. A lot of them are probably a bit more uplifting than my usual stuff, maybe because of the situation we're in. I watched the brilliant new series of Inside Number 9, which I'm sure you guys caught as well. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. their geniuses. Their writing is fantastic. It's so well written. Can I, can I just have a quick diversion on one of those episodes? And this shows how good it is. Uh, Graham, no, you haven't seen spoiler, them. Not too spoilery. They're no. all on. I've got them okay. all ready to go. So yeah. <clears throat> there's an episode which starts off with a magician who has an ultimate trick oh, yeah. and an yeah. up-and-comer who takes the trick from him in a very nasty way. Uh, it then cuts forward to years later. This guy who took the trick is now a world-famous magician and a young person comes in to see him and you think, okay, I know what the setup on this is. He's out for revenge on the other person dying. You're given that information within 10 minutes of the show. So what you think is the twist, they're already ahead of you on, and then it goes in another direction. It's brilliant, brilliantly written. Yeah, fantastic. I think a lot of the episodes were similar to that, where you think you're going down a certain route, you think, ha-ha, worked you out, and then it completely catches you out. So, Yeah, the footballing one with David Morrissey, I thought was really clever, and I never saw that coming either. I like Death Be Not Proud, the one with the, the couple who got the new flat. I oh, that, that was, was really creepy, but great. Fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I watched, there was a, I don't know if you remember it, there was a series called Child of Our Time, which followed babies born in the year 2000. And oh, they had an chef. update, just a one-off update episode of that, again on the iPlayer. 20 years now, they didn't show all the children. Maybe some of them have opted out or, or didn't want to be filmed, but it was quite nice to catch up with them to, to see that they're... Uh, now 20 years old, which is, you know, basically you've watched them grow and mature and various episodes. But, um, yeah, that was quite a good thing to catch up on. Wasn't there a previous version of that where they must all be in their 60s now? Uh, yes, there was a really old one that was done. Yes, ITV, I yeah, think thank, that was. thanks, Deck, for that really old. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I watched that, which is quite nice. I caught quite a bit, a couple of com- comedy. I watched This Country, obviously, based around our area and yeah, it's hilarious as always do you think so i i thought it, it had lost its spark a bit in this season oh the one at the station with the, the station was brilliant <laughs> and and where they kept phoning <laughs> up my mother i just thought that was amazing that but that that was really subtle and sly and great but 
yeah, the, the station one was, was fantastic. But I think a, a lot of the rest of it just didn't have the same. It just kept repeating what you'd seen in earlier series. Yeah, well, I think they're running out of material now, aren't they? Because basically they wrote it based on their their own livelihood, their own growing up. And yeah. I think they've probably done everything now. So, yeah, be interesting to see what happens. And a good tribute to the chap that died as well. Yeah, really nice, really well done. Um, another little comedy I caught called My Left Nut. It's another Irish, another Irish one. It's about, it's about, I know it sounds really funny, but it's just about a lad with a extremely large testicle, but it's not, it's not like Buster Gonad or anything. It, it is based on a true story, amazingly, but it's only five episodes and it is very light entertainment. It's, it's on a similar level to Derry Girls. You know, it's, it's sort of set in Ireland and it's, they're young, they're teenagers. And it was just light relief, which I need at the moment. So and what good. channel showed that? This is on the iPlayer again. So I think it was BBC Three. I think it was one of the ones that goes straight to streaming. It doesn't take long to watch, and if you just want, you know, a little bit of laughter after watching the news or something, it's um, <laughs> it definitely cheers you up a bit. Oh, I watched um, Mr. Winner. It's another one that's on the iPlayer. Now I don't know if you guys remember a little animated series called Stress Derek quite a few years ago. Yes, vaguely. Um, yeah. Well, basically, the premise of that was you you ended up being stressed yourself by the end of it because Eric just goes through these things and just things keep going wrong. Well, Mr. Winner is like a a, a a real live version of that. So there's a young lad called Leslie Winner, and there's only six episodes, and it's funny but it's painful. It reminds me a bit of Laurel and Hardy. You're there going, no, 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 oh no, you've done it again, you know, and it's like you know, with the famous piano when they push it up and then it keeps rolling down. It's that sort of thing. He's not the cleverest person, Mr. Winner. So he, nothing ever goes right for him, but he, he, he remains positive. Amazingly. My wife had to stop watching it because she just was so stressed out by the end of it. But, <laughs> but I found it quite funny as well as being stressful. I'll try not to give too away, but he just, he just does stupid things. I don't want to give too much away, but in one of the episodes, he just, puts his finger in a wall and gets stuck and it's just things like that happen to him and and it's just the people around him are just like oh i don't know how his girlfriend stays with him it's unbelievable but so it is quite but i found it quite funny but but yeah but it is quite stressful so if you don't if you don't get the humor in the first the first one does actually involve a piano which i thought was quite funny but if you don't get the first one then maybe not bother but so they were two of the comedies one of the things i don't know if you remember the first series of race across the world well, the second series is out at the moment. This is, again, light relief. It just follows um, teams. I think it's five teams who have to try and get – in the first series, it was across the world, but now it's going down South America. So they start oh, in wow. Mexico City, and they have to work their way down to the bottom of Argentina. And the rules are basically that they're not allowed to fly, and they get the cost of the airfare is the only money they're given. And so they have to then try and work their way down through South America, which you can – understand it's quite a challenge mainly lots of long bus journeys and obviously through some quite dodgy areas as well i just find it quite light relief it is a reality type show but every now and again i find this i find this one a bit more enjoyable because i get to see parts of the world that hopefully i'll be able to visit again at some point in the future is that on iplayer as well yeah that one's on iplayer it's still showing at the moment but probably by the time this goes out it um it will have finished in terms of new dramas i started watching the nest on bbc so do you know martin compston the guy out of line of duty he's actually playing a slightly nastier role he's playing a sort of glaswegian comes from the badlands sort of thing and 
made himself into a businessman, but probably successful, but probably stood on quite a few people on the way up. But basically, he's happily married and they can't have children. So he decides to have a surrogate. So this young lass from Glasgow agrees to be their surrogate. Uh, and it's all not as it seems. So I won't give anything away, but it is quite gripping, well made and well acted. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, I've only got one more episode to watch. So again, that will be available on streaming for anyone to watch. On BBC again? Yeah. So yeah, that. So that's my sort of BBC stuff. I did also catch, just for you, Jeff, I did also catch the second series of the Welsh detective series Hidden. But okay. if you... If you want light relief, don't watch it because it makes Wales look miserable, grey, bleak, horrible. It's a documentary. Oh, yeah. it's a documentary. So, so it's realistic then. Uh. Well, maybe it is, but it, I mean, it, it is. I watched the first series and I did enjoy it, but it, it isn't the most happiest of things to watch. But, I but I did. I, I've not seen it. I'll have to check this out. It's got it's Welsh speaking as well, so the subtitles. Some you know a lot of the natives speak Welsh. Um, the police don't always, but a lot of the natives do. So um, you do get subtitles as well as English. So yeah, you'd be able to spot lots of the where they, where it's filmed. I suspect Jeff. So yeah, yeah. Maybe Paul hasn't been watching that, or maybe he has. Okay, now switching to a different streaming service on the ITV Hub. I watched Flesh and Blood. I caught this purely by luck, really. So it's only four episodes, but it's got a really good cast. It's um, Stephen Rea, Imelda Staunton, Russell Tovey, Francesca Annis. So they're, they're sort of a family and their father has passed away and the mother's met a new boyfriend that the family don't quite get on with. And it's filmed in a way that something's an instance obviously happened because the police are interviewing each of the family members about something that happened. But then you go back to before and you get closer so the so there's more police interviews happening and you're getting closer to the incident at the end and then it all sort of you then find out what the incident that the police are asking questions about occurred you don't really find out what's gone on until the last episode but i found that quite interesting it's sort of a, a family drama um, again only four episodes are not a big overhead and great cast right that's going on the list then yeah um Switching to Netflix. So on Netflix, I had watched two absolutely brilliant series. The first one, The Stranger. So this is based on Harlan Coben's novel, The Stranger. It's split into eight-part thriller. It stars Richard Armitage, the guy from The Hobbit. Okay, and basically, yeah. yeah, and basically it's a very British cast. It's eight episodes. But it is one of those ones where you watch one and then you straight away want to watch the next one. It's basically a woman, a stranger comes into his life and tells him something about his wife that he didn't know and then you find out she keeps doing this to people and it it's it sort of different people's stories interweave and it all sort of comes to a thing at the end but it's very gripping that definitely sounds like my type of show that is definitely on yeah. my list and i think yeah. um leslie would enjoy that as well it's yeah. the sort of thing my wife thoroughly enjoyed it so Another series I've spoken about before, which was the end of the effing world on Netflix. Well, the same team who've got together with some of the team from Stranger Things have created this new series called I'm Not Okay With This. It's filmed in a very similar style to the end of the effing world. Apparently, it's based in the same universe. If you like the end of the effing world, then definitely watch it. If you don't like it, you won't like this either. They're, they're, they are similar. This one's slightly different in that the main character ha finds out she's got superpowers it's not a superhero don't think it's a superhero film it's not really it's more of a a carry type thing if, if you think of how carry works she's a teenager but she's obviously not a normal teenager 
Yeah. This is similar to that. I love this for the same reasons. I love the end of the effing world. I love the cast, young actors again. It's a brilliant soundtrack, great retro tunes, lots of 80s and 90s tunes weaved in. And my favorite character, Stan, who's a, like a nerdy a lad, probably reminds me a bit of myself when I was younger, who doesn't quite fit in and you know finds it difficult to get the girls. But a great little thing. And again, uh, only short episodes, only sort of 15-minute episodes. But again, really enjoyable and good light relief from the current situation. Finally, on Now TV, uh, a series that was recommended by Jeff um, called The Outsider. This is a new HBO series based on the Stephen King novel. Again, I love this. I was really impressed with the first two episodes. So they're directed by Jason Bateman, who stars in it. And fair play. Not all actors can turn their hand at directing. But those two episodes really stood out, not just from the storyline, but from some of the shots that he produced. I think he's got a really bright future in directing. Um, If he does do more stuff, I'd like to see him do a film. But yeah, those first two episodes got me hooked in. It does slow down a bit. I think you mentioned this before, Jeff. It does slow down. Yeah. But it picks up again towards the end. And I thought overall it was a good series. I thought it was solid. And the cast, fantastic cast, as you mentioned before, Paddy Constantine, um, Cynthia Evro, and of course, Jason Bateman and Ben Mendelsohn, a uh, brilliant cast. And and that was the thing with it. Yes, you could have shaved two episodes off. That made it tighter. But just hanging out with those people and watching some really great acting and without giving it away, I know there's a the little post-credit thing, but the actual end of the series, that final scene, I thought was really moving. Very, very well done. Yep, definitely agree. Another series I caught up with because I've got now TV at the moment is one from a couple of years ago called Save Me. It's Lenny James' story that he wrote and acts as the main character in, basically where he's looking for his abducted daughter. Uh, It's only six episodes, and they've just released the second series, which is what spurred me to watch the first. Again, brilliant cast, as well as Lenny James, who steals every scene he's in. There's Stephen Graham, Susan Jones, and Jason Fleming. And Jason Fleming plays a like a transvestite. It's great performance it's heavy it's really heavy i mean it's about uh, abduction of children and stuff like that it's not but his performance and all the guys performances was incredible i'm going to give myself a break before i watch the second series because it was quite as i say it was quite draining normally you go into the second series straight away but i give myself a break from that for a couple of weeks before i so start watching the second series one question on that deck because normally the the whole show is based around that mystery of a child abduction as you say does it resolve that in the first series or does that then continue on into two or is two something completely different it continues into two i don't want to give away too much but okay yeah. fair enough yeah but yeah it was very good but again another british very british one um similar to the stranger that i mentioned before so hbo are obviously utilizing a lot of our film workforce or whatever you call it uh, local talent local yeah. talent yeah So that's pretty much everything I have been watching. Now, obviously, we live in difficult times, and but there's good stuff coming up. Um, Just just before we do that, can I throw in one for everybody to avoid? Yeah. (laughs) Hitmen, which is on Now TV. Sue Perkins stars in this. It's about two female hit people, if you like, and they're sort of over six half-hour episodes. They're adventures as they go around killing people for their boss. It is without doubt one of the worst series I've oh, ever seen. Grief. It is just <laughs> shockingly unfunny, and I would avoid it like the plague. 
Kate. I like I like Sue Perkins. I think she's usually she's very good. I think I laugh once in six episodes. I had to stick it out and thinking it must improve. These are you know it's great talent behind it, but it's just so misjudged. So anyway, sorry, Deck, you were saying about what's coming up. The difficult thing at the moment is almost the opposite because all the streaming services have released lots of stuff, knowing that everybody's stuck at home. So Netflix is flooded with stuff, and and the BBC are jumping on the bandwagon as well. So a couple of classics that the BBC have stuck on iPlayer that I would highly recommend to anyone that didn't catch them is they put the whole series of all spooks, the spook series that goes back years. Oh, right. And they put the whole of Line of Duty. And if you've not watched either of those series, I highly recommend you catching up while it's available. Actually, you you raise a good point there. <clears throat> you know, this is the time for people. If you've missed the shows, I mean, I've never seen The Wire, I've never seen The Sopranos. This is the time to catch up on these shows. Yeah, both those you mentioned have been released, haven't they? They've both yeah both released those. So yeah, it is. It is the time to catch up. But other than that, future releases. There's lots to get excited about. Some of them have been brought forward release date again because of the situation we're in. So the first one that's been brought forward is the third series of Killing Eve which I'm sure Graham's also really excited yeah, about. Yeah. Um, but that comes out on the 13th of April. I just hope they continue the good work. I, I do worry that it's going to start to drop in its quality because it was such a good first two series. Trailer looks good, so I'm excited about that. There's a new mini-series from Alex Garland. So if you're a fan of Alex Garland's sort of ex machina type stories, yeah. then there's a five-episode five mini-series called Devs, D-E-V-S, Basically, a girl working for a tech company in Silicon Valley and her partner supposedly commits suicide, but she doesn't believe it. And there's lots of intrigue and stuff. But again, it's only five episodes. It looks good. So that one I'm excited about as well. Switching to Netflix, there's some series that I've mentioned before on the Carry On streaming service. So part four of Money Heist is out. Um, I recommended oh, the Spanish the, thing. Yeah, yeah, I recommended the first three. So part four is out, and it's out this week. So that's one to get into. And again, if you haven't caught it, it's the time to catch the previous three parts. Uh, Ricky Gervais, love him or hate him, has got the second series of Afterlife, which I think is one of the best things he's made in a long time. That's coming out on the 24th of April. If you didn't catch the first series, that's available as well. Uh, it's very dry humour. It's very deadpan. Uh, it's about the fact that he's a, a, a recent widow, so he's lost his... Um, love his life but um i i find it very funny and then graham you probably already spotted this but the last kingdom series four is out on the 26th of april (laughs) yes so yeah so they're the ones i'm looking forward to on netflix oh and of course at the moment graham if you didn't already realize they've released all four lethal weapon films they're all available to watch catch up (laughs) you can have a mel gibson weekend so a marathon Uh, session so there you go something to get excited about no, nothing, deck, nothing passes the time better for me than sitting with my wife watching Lethal Weapon 2, one of her favourite films of all time. <laughs> I think you're fibbing. I really do. All four Lethal Weapon. Oh, good. There you grief. go. You can have a complete, you can do a day of it. You can get some popcorn if, and some soft drinks. <laughs> as if the virus isn't bad enough, we have Lethal Weapon on the telly. Oh, good grief. Aren't they making it another one? It is the one, apocalypse. <laughs> Graham, aren't they making another one? I think they are making another one. I have reported on this. Yes, they are making. Well, whether it will go ahead or not is another question. They've been trying to do this for about twenty years, haven't they? Yeah, longer maybe. They're not young people anymore, and you know, with this virus going round, they've got to be careful. Yeah, it'll probably be lumbering weapon rather than lethal. 
Finally, a couple of things I spot on Now TV. One I've already mentioned, which is the second series of Save Me. So if you have watched the first series, you can start watching the second one. And then something that I caught on the radar that I'm, I'm really excited about is Gareth Evans, who made The Raid, that fantastic film. Yeah. Um, it's basically doing a series set in London, London's criminal underbelly, called Gangs of London. That list looks really gritty, so it looks like a combination of type gangster with ah. martial art type stuff. I've, yes. I've seen the adverts for this. Now, I, I didn't realise who was behind it. Oh, definitely on my to-watch list now. Yeah, that's out on the 23rd of April. So, yeah, that, that as you say, it, it looks really good. So they're my recommendations. But as I said to you guys, there is so much that's being released, so much classic stuff that's being released to convince us all to stay at home and binge. So <laughs> carry on streaming to your heart's consent because there's, there's loads on there, there's absolutely loads. And in some ways, hopefully this, this episode will have helped filter out some of the rubbish and to get you to look at some of the quality stuff that I've recommended. One thing to watch out for, though, and it's happened with Walking Dead, they can't screen the last episode of this season of Walking Dead because they hadn't completed post-production. And I wonder if we're going to get hit with other shows like this. I think they will. I think a lot of stuff has, has because it just stopped, didn't it? Filming just stopped and a lot yeah. of the crews had yeah. to down to us. And that's why I think a lot of the stuff that had finished that people like Netflix were probably going to stagger throughout the year, they've rushed it in forward. They don't want there to be gaps and they know people are watching a lot more at the moment so it is there is a flood of stuff on there but i'm sure a lot of it will probably be dross but um, and that's the that's the difficult bit now there is so much being flooded i mean a couple of those netflix films that i caught um i know you reviewed one spencer confidential or something um yeah uh, yeah it wasn't that great and there's going to be a lot like that where you could end up thinking god i'm stuck at home and i'm actually watching rubbish so that's the hard bit now is to try and filter out the masses amount that they've all stuck on their streaming services and try and focus on the good stuff. Yeah. Can I add a shout out for one that I'm looking forward to, please, Dak? Yeah, sure. Um, quiz, which will be coming on the uh, IDV hub about the uh, cheats in that. Who wants to be a millionaire? Ah, oh, with the, the coughing and everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just for, you know, Michael Sheen playing Chris Tarrant. Uh, it's got to be worth watching just for that. Yeah, does that is that out? I think that's out next week, isn't it? Is that out on the week? It's it's Easter out. Week? It comes on. Yeah, it's so it's being screened over Easter, and then it will be available on the IDV Hub straight after that. Excellent. I look forward to that. Thank you for that, Jeff. So now you've got this time in your hand, and we spoke about looking back and catching up with things that uh, you would watch that you missed over the years. And I said for me, it'll be the Y, and I'm aiming to start that very shortly now. What would it be for you, Deck? That's a difficult one because a lot of the ones that I, I really rate, I've already watched. Um, uh, the Wire, by the way, The Wire is fantastic. But one recommendation is uh, you, you have to give it time because when you first start watching it, you won't understand a word they're saying because they talk yeah. in street slang and you've got to stick with it. And after about two or three episodes, suddenly you'll understand everything they're saying. But it is really difficult at the start because it's it's quite a unique. It's lots of street slang and there's, and a strong accent that you'll be thinking, "What? Well, I don't understand what they said. What did they say?" But you just sort of stick with it, and it all all makes sense. But yeah, because I, as I've said to you guys before, the same with the films. I get quite lucky. I tend to watch a lot of. I, I tend to my filter mechanism seems to be quite good. I very rarely watch stuff that I absolutely detest. So most of the good classics I've caught, I've already seen. The more I've over the last few weeks is trying to get my son to watch more classic films because obviously he's only 18 
he's missed out on a lot of stuff from the you know 70s and 80s and 90s so we're going through and we're watching a lot of that so that's probably what how I'm feeling my time is I'm sort of uh, watching with him and educating on, on some classic films he watched the alien series I've got him to watch that he's watched a lot of Tarantino's back catalogue so yeah I'm basically any as people release more stuff more films onto the streaming surface I'm trying to get him to watch some more of the classics oh excellent what about you Graham what would be the one thing you want to catch up on um, I want to catch up on the latest Better Call Saul because that's just come out, the latest uh, series of Better Call Saul. And that was a series that I started watching because I liked Breaking Bad so much. And then I thought, oh, this is interesting. But it took an off in a completely different direction and very, very good. And and I'm just getting into the um, the new series. And I think that's really good. I've also finished uh, Lock and Key, the story by uh, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. And I thought that was excellently done. And I thought the the setup for the second season is really, really good. Incredibly creepy final. The last episode of that was incredibly creepy. I've just finished watching Picard, uh, the new Star Trek thing. That went that, that was really, really good. And I'm plowing through uh, Westworld at the minute, the, the latest Westworld, which is intriguing me no end. And I, like you, are catching up on loads of classic films that I haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, I've got to give a little shout out for Jordan Peele's reboot of The Twilight Zone. Seven episodes in at 10, obviously each one of them's a story in itself. They've expanded it to an hour, which is a huge mistake for The Zone. Of the seven, one is really good. Well, no, one's really good. One is passable. The other five are just rubbish. And they redo one of the classic zone episodes, Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Uh, they do it completely differently. There's no monster on the plane in this one. Like most of Jordan Peele stuff, he just doesn't know how to end things. Where's that available then, Jeff? That's on the Sci-Fi channel, so I would have thought Now TV might be able to pick, up, uh, pick it up on. But the two episodes that work, without giving too much of the game away, one is a sort of Black Lives Matter episode where these black travelers are caught up in a time loop where they're being pursued by a racist cop. I thought that was, that was quite clever, but the latest one they've shown episode seven, which is a spin on domestic violence and the me too movement where a meteorite has cracked up and landed little fragments of it all over this town. Any of the men that touch it sort of all their inhibitions come out you know, they're just almost like Neanderthal, really, in their uh, approach to women, or as I like to think of it, back to the 1970s. And <laughs> they, uh, and and I thought that was really good. It builds up its tension well, and I thought the final payoff on this actually worked. So there's three more to go. I know it was shown in the States last year. Episode 10 is supposed to be the best of the whole series, so I'm looking forward to that. But it's very hit and miss and it's what he needs to do get it down to half an hour which is where the zone works best and tighten up your endings that was it for me really and for me i would just say um if you're looking to find uh, films that are on streaming services there's a great service called justwatch.com and you can type in the name of the film you want to see and it will actually find if it's on a streaming service for you you can tell it which streaming services you've got and then just watch will say, "Oh, you can watch that for free here." Um, so is I that, find is that there an app really. For that, do you know? Yeah, there is an app as well. So they they've got the just watch app. 
uh, is very good as well. Although the website seems to be uh, more up to date. So there seems to be about like a day lag uh, getting the app updated. So um, I tend to just jump on and use the uh, the web app if I'm looking for something. Just Watch is the, the app and it's on uh, Apple and Android. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, thank you, Dick. It's, um, I think this has been one of our most important uh, carry-on stream-ins because, you know, this is a long time people are getting locked down for. They need to have distractions just for their own sanity more than anything else. And I, th- I think you've come up with some great shows there for them. Keep watching. Everybody stay safe. And hopefully the next time we get back together, it'll be in person again, Dick. And uh, we can talk much more rationally about these things. <laughs> but keep watching the skies, as they say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, keep safe, well, Thank guys. you very much. So, thank yeah. you. Thanks, Deck. Some great recommendations. However, there's no way I'm watching all those lethal weapon movies again. Not even with the mail. I blame you for this, Jeff. In fact, we're getting quite a few new listeners during the lockdown period, and many of them are contacting us to say how much they enjoy the mail news. Let me set the record straight. I don't. Anyway, I hope our two experts have given you some useful hints and tips on what to watch. We will see you next month when we will be giving you a review show with a twist. Until then... Wherever you are in the world, stay safe and support your care providers. And this show is dedicated to the memory of my wonderful brother, John. To make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast, please subscribe to At The Flicks at our website, attheflicks.uk. And if possible, please remember to rate and review At The Flicks wherever you get your podcasts. You can contact the team on Twitter or by email. Our contact details are also on our website, attheflicks.uk. Thanks for listening.